Welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up online here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, or anywhere you get your podcasts from, uh, in which case you would be looking for Center Left Radio. But the website, the website is www.centerlefttalkradio.com. And we're still coming to you as both a radio loop and as a standard podcast. And we'll keep that going for a while longer, too. Uh, we, we've had, we had a, um, a, a remarkable, at this point I can only call it a remarkable response to the Noble Hearts Forum that we did on Israel and Palestine. Uh, and and the, uh, the, the, not just, the, of course, the history of it came out, and, 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 and it was repeated, and, and it was challenged, and people went back and forth. And, I, and I'm talking about not just the show itself, but what I've seen online, the, the, the chatter going back and forth among some damned knowledgeable people that I've known and, 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 and had the privilege of uh, being a, associated with over quite a, a period of my life, uh, was, was really uplifting to watch how much effort went into defining positions and explaining where things were at. And, and I felt so much of what went back and forth involved real effort, real thoughtfulness in the how can we solve this question. Too often, uh, things as contentious as, well, there, there, there are other contentious things out there, but Israel-Palestine, go right ahead. I mean, you know, that, that, that's way up there in anybody's list of contentious issues that are too often mired in their history and not much uh, can be done, or, or people in, in recognizing that there's not a whole hell, hell of a lot that they can do uh, to change these things, tend to get mired just in their history. And in, in fighting out positions about history, sort of win, I don't want to call it, it's not a Pyrrhic victory, but, but, but they win sort of a, uh, uh, an alternative victory, as it were. Yes, I am correct, therefore you should be against this side or that side. But all of that invariably falls way short of, but here's how we achieve a solution that we would all like to see. That solution in this case being, stop the hostilities, let the people of the region on all sides, uh, th that being a religious and cultural sides, have a good life, have a reasonable life, find some way for true coexistence and true... Uh, true improvement of all lives. And, and I found that largely what I've seen in the communications that have followed that show, more and more, and on almost, I don't, I don't can I call this a self-policing a self, a self level? Yes, I'll call it that. In a, in a self-policing way, people more and more held each other 
to the standard of making life better for everybody as the criteria for judging if their positions and comments were supportable, reasonable. Yes, you did well with that. Not just intellectual scorings and, and yes, okay, uh, I'll gra- there, there will be a grade for this or something. But people basically were held, held to the standard of how does this make it better? And there was a sense that even as bad as it is, maybe it can get better. It was not a hopeless, it, it did not end in nothing but a, 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 a shower of, 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 you know, a choking shower of hopelessness where these things too often tend to end. Discussions about Israel and Palestine. And it's not over yet. The email threads are just, and by the way, this is a, this is a crowd where it'll be done by email. This is not a two-thumb, uh, you know, texting crowd. It's an older group largely that's doing this work, but an older group that's, that's also a, a, a well-informed, and a, I'd like to say a wiser group, putting out really thoughtful information. And I am so, so damned appreciative that uh, our, uh, our Noble Hearts Forum, you know, a, 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 let's call it a subset of center-left radio, but this group of people that I, I like to try to keep engaged in various topics simply because they are so damn good at thinking and discussing those topics and getting you the people who might not be on those forums, engaged in it. I love to be able to do that. And I find it uplifting that there's that capacity to discuss and think. And over time, watching positions evolve as more and more information and simply the act of interacting decently brings people beyond the finger-pointing, yelling, screaming, conspiracy theory, uh, my facts versus your facts way of not interacting, but conflicting, and and moves it in that other direction, in a, what for me is a familiar direction, a thoughtful, a thoughtful commentary, thoughtful, thoughtful exchange and recognizing that everybody is coming to their decision through a valid process within themselves. They are not starting from some kind of nefarious crouching position. How will I destroy the other person? No, they recognize that the playing field is a balanced and equal one where their position will get traction only in so far as it is pre- as it is presented uh, seriously thoughtfully with with factual backup and w- that they are willing to receive uh, receive counter information not counter well yes counter information other information not counter facts the facts have better be backed up and, and basically are willing to learn and understand that in the end, it better not be personal. It ain't personal. It better be about everybody approaching 
some solution that works for everybody. Boy, does that sound kind of like I'm, I'm redefining progressivism in the year 2024. And I'm watching it in my own forums, and I'm really feeling damned good about it. And did we solve Israel and Palestine? Will even a few more email threads solve it? No. It'll move the conversation in that direction. It will take the spiritual and energetic center of the, 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 the interaction of these comments, wherever that may lie, hopefully within the realm of more hope, and make that the driving force. And if enough people react and act that way, we will find solutions. You set things up. You set them up energetically. I, 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 I'm going to be talking about that more and more as time goes on, and I'm not going to talk about it much more right now. But the very act of, of interacting with one another with good intention, not, not to see how can, I, how can I destroy this other person, why, why do I, I have a preconceived notion about really want to taking this person down on a personal level. No, I have a desire to express a solution and to express facts that I know, and I'm willing to put them out there knowing that there may be people who have different opinions but will be coming at me, with me, engaging me in equally good faith. And the, just the act of doing that produces an energy. Or, or more accurately, it emphasizes the positive, the love aspect, if you will, of our shared energy. And that begins to inform and, in a wonderful way, infect everyone and everything around us. It's not an instantaneous process, but just recognizing it can be incredibly uplifting. And, and, and especially in a time when so many people, and I'm, and I'm finding this, and I, and I want to point out one, one particular uh, conversation I had recently. When people who I normally would have thought of as being super positive and, and, and really having it all together, as it were, begin to show evidence of really, not crumbling, that's not the word I'm looking for, but really being affected by the negativity that seems to pervade every area of our lives in this country. Certainly anything, any, any area in which there can be more than one opinion, it's there and it's there constantly. And even for the most uplifted and the most positive of people, after a while, just, just as I'm saying, that, that you create positive energy by interacting in a positive, meaning, meaningful way with the intent of solving things. Well, you create or you emphasize the negative aspects of us and you, and you basically empower that negative aspect by taking the opposite approach, by looking for ways to knock each other down. And again, this is beyond the, the, the pure subject matter of whatever it is we're discussing or, or interacting or, or debating at the time. 
But if the intent is to use my mind and my knowledge or, or my capacity uh, for uh, uh, invention to basically harm or take down someone else or invalidate someone, and, and that in and of itself is sufficient because it's all personal, well, that is a negative thing. That is a, in, in the realm of love and fear, that's the elevation of fear. That's where this is going. And if enough people are doing things out of a need to uh, suppress what would otherwise be the love aspects of their shared universal energy, their part of that, their soul, their subconscious, we're not talking theological here. We're talking purely energetic here. And it's as valid on a, on a uh, intellectual, as a, uh, a psychological, as on a theological, as on a scientific. It's, it pervades everything. It's our shared energy. And it's the shared energy that we have, our packet of it, that we get from the universe. The thing that defines us. I'll call it our subconscious call it our soul, whatever you want to call it. This is not based on any theological narrative or dicta, okay? It's just what is. It, it, it's what's out there. It's how we are in the world. If you need to go ahead and have a narrative and a, uh, to basically or, or some kind of a, a, a divine human entity or, or whatever it is you need to do to basically get that point across, that's fine. But the moment that, that, that doing that makes you exclusive of others, when you hit the boundaries of that theological narrative sort of thing, that's where the problem comes in. That's where it's always come in. And we can see that today especially when groups as, as, as highfalutin and, 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 self, and self-righteous as uh, the, the, the evangelicals in this country find themselves in bed with nothing, with something no less, you know, just despicable than a Donald Trump simply because he's given them some, or promised them, some political power. And this is the stuff that's been going on since the Middle Ages and before, and, 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 and I'm sure well into prehistory, where religious organizations become political powers. We try to separate that out in our own constitution. And there's this constant cycle, I gather, of it kind of reasserting itself again and again. It's just something that cultures do. We have to be aware of this. And, and the hypocrisy that flows when we realize that in the end, it's really just all about Power, power of one group or one individual over another when we lose track of the things that are important and that should be goals for all of us. I, I, I was saying about a, uh, an interaction I had with a very dear friend who I, who I respect incredibly and who I think has been one of the most moderating and reasonable forces that I've known over the years that we've been doing Central F Radio and well before that. Uh, I, I got for the first time uh, a sense from him that I wasn't expecting to get, that he was really feeling down, that he was really feeling uh, th- that things were going in such an awful direction that he wasn't sure 
forget about American democracy, he wasn't sure if civilization might be able to survive a whole lot longer. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know that he put a time frame on it, but that, that, that triggers had already been pulled that, cannot, that could not be unpulled and that collectively we were going down the tubes as civilization generally that we are just not able to pull ourselves out, that, that, the, that we're caught in, that, in, 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 the, in the drain, that we are, we are cycling downward in that big flushing uh, motion, which is either clockwise or counterclockwise, depending on, on uh, whether you're in the northern or southern hemisphere, and that there ain't no getting out of it. And I was so, I was, I was taken back. I, I just I just didn't expect that, and I wrote back, trying to be. I don't know if it was that I, I wasn't trying to lift his spirits. I would not go so far as to to be that graphic and obvious. This is someone whose whose knowledge and 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 intent I I so respect, and I'm not going to try playing uh, uh, junior shrink. Uh, to, to do anything like that. But I, but I found myself talking about what I have done and said and, and imagined about where we're going. And in my writings, I, I talk about uh, the fact that for all our good intentions, we do, we're very close in time right now. This is, this is in my writings, in, my, in a parallel alternate reality, alternate present, semi-present, let's call it, uh, we screw up and things go crazy. Uh, and, and, and there is uh, the thing that everybody feared forever, starting in the 50s and everything, you know, duck and cover and all that stuff. Yes, a, a worldwide nuclear war occurs. But it occurs because the last guardrails that we have of the the the, the the rationality that we have or the rationality we project knowing full well what could go wrong if we don't stay rational if we if we actually just let our anger take over and our fear and our paranoia and that there are no longer any restraints on us those even those restrictions are taken away why because a well this is where it gets pretty pretty uh, wild, yeah, but, it, but it's also, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. All of the, our capacity to, to lie to each other, to put on a false face, subterfuge, all of this, all of this uh, false statements and, and everything else that we, that we say to cover up our truest feelings, well, our capacity to maintain those false personas that we so often depend on in all of our social interactions are suddenly ripped away from us by an energetic force. I won't get any deeper than that. But we no longer can lie to each other and even to ourselves. And what we suddenly all begin experiencing as a planet is the reality of what we are at our core. If we are predominantly fearful, fear, and therefore then the actions driven by fear begin to dominate our lives. If we are predominantly hopeful, then love and hope and those things that hope would, would, would produce 
in people and the affiliations that come with that and the way those affiliations work, well, then we'll go in that direction. But, but we begin going to the extremes of what we are. Why? Because to evolve further, we have to get past all the crap. We have to be able to evolve upwards into a position where the love in us outweighs the fear because we choose it to be so. Now, where that all goes and how that all works out, well, that's, that's a question of, you know, hopefully you'll read the book and, and watch the miniseries when it's all produced. Uh, but getting back to this fella I was, I was talking to, this is a guy I would have thought would have always, you know, on a personal level, always been on the, um, on the love and hope side of the equation. No, he wasn't. Not from what I was hearing. And I began thinking or asking myself, how could someone that I know to be that way suddenly when they're revealing really what's going on, you know, it's almost like, well, you know, I spend my whole time, I, I spend an awful lot of time trying to be positive to other people and helping other people through their problems. I'm not going to get any further than that in suggesting what this guy might be doing for a living. But no one really deals with me or everybody expects me to be a certain way and I'm not. And here's how I feel. And just saying that or, or letting that be known is a very important thing. It, 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 we, can, we can, let me put it frank, we can bullshit ourselves a lot about how we feel. We can imagine that we are one way when really, when we get a little deeper and peel away a few more surfaces, we are another. We can look at the cumulative world around us and depending on how other people are presenting it and how much we hear from any given source about what's going on, no matter what, we, we can't add up. Our capacity to add and subtract and come to a, 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 a final sum, as it were, is, gets, gets really damaged. I, I, for many years, uh, in the earlier years of this, uh, of this show, of Central Left Radio, I, I would always use the example of, of being up at 50,000 feet and looking down and seeing events on the ground in terms of vectors. You know, you, you, you studied vectors in, in probably when, when you took uh, geometry. And a vector is a way, it's, it's simply an arrow drawn on a graph. The graph has an X and a Y axis. X goes across horizontally, Y goes up and down. And the vectors are nothing but arrows. And the arrows are defined by their location from the point where uh, X and Y cross. That's zeros, you know, it's two numbers. 0, 0.0 would be the point where X and Y cross. And where the arrow is going is defined by another set of numbers. And how, in this case, how strong the arrow is, relatively powerful, its length is defined by another set. So it begins at one pair of numbers on that X and Y axis ends on another end, and its relative strength and direction are defined. Now, 
if, if, if I have an arrow that's three times stronger, longer than another arrow because of where, how far it goes, well, it has three times the effect, the strength. And we learned, I'm, I'm sorry, we're going to do a little geometry here, kids. We learned in school that you can add up vectors. In other words, I can have a whole bunch of those arrows sitting on a graph, on a graph with just an X and a Y axis, and the arrows are all over the place. And that means that there are different, let's call them forces, power. Every one of those arrows is a kind of a power. It's a force. It's, a, it's an energy beam. Let's think of it that way. And all those energy beams, they're going in different directions, and some are stronger and some are weaker, longer or shorter. Okay, but what is the... If you, if you took all of those, if you fired a gun, if every one of those things was coming from a separate gun, and you fired each of those guns simultaneously, what would be the overall effect? Where would the most energy be concentrated and in what direction? So uh, in, in the example that I, I, I would use, I, I basically would add up Vectors, something that you were taught to do in geometry. Hopefully you taught, hopefully you remember that. And there was a, the way we were taught then, there was a final vector that defined the cumulative effect of all those other vectors put together. One is going in one direction, one's going that way, one is longer, one is shorter, one's more powerful, one's less powerful in our example. But when you put them all together, they go whatever the answer is. And my argument to you on air was that we are often missing, we're missing the larger picture. We're not seeing all of the forces at play. And because we are, because of the way the dialogue goes in this country, because of the way the media works, because of the way social media directs people's attention, we are focusing on things to the exclusion of other things that we should be noticing at the same time. We're not at 50,000 feet looking down and seeing all the forces at play in this country and around the world, we are simply myopically forced to look at certain things to the exclusion of others, and therefore our conclusions about where the world might be going and how things actually are, and, base, and therefore our feelings about the world are skewed, they are prejudiced, they are, they are misinformed all too often. And hearing this guy saying how he felt, I, I, I can't say that this is a guy who <coughs> I would consider misinformed on any level. But it's also very easy to get trapped in that, in that fear frequency, the, the love-less frequency that drives us to basically see things through the very dark, smoky glasses and not understand possibilities that may be working to, to move us towards love and hope and all of the avatars of love and hope. I, 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 I didn't write this back, but if, if you're listening and you know who you are, here, here, here is something 
and, and much of what we were talking about evolved around Donald and, and, and the Republicans and where things are going and where the country is going and where they're leading the country and, and how the country is not really able to, to not respond to Donald. And this negativeness, no matter what, it's, it's overarching and overpervading and people will still go ahead and vote for a, for a, a, a criminal and blah, 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 blah. You know where I'm going with that. I, I, here's, let, let, me, let me lay out reality. The, these are facts. These are vectors. And, and these vectors are largely all going in a pretty much in a, in a similar direction. And the vectors are ways of describing what Trump and Republicans are attempting to do in this election cycle, which we jump-started three years ago already, and which, which the Biden camp is barely really getting into at this point. But, but, but here's what's out there. Here, here is what Donald and company are doing. And, and I'm trying to give strength to these things, some relative strengths to these things. Let, let's assume that everything I'm going to tell you will be countered by stuff that Joe Biden has, is either doing in a low-key way or has yet to do. I'm trying to give you a sense of how much force there is in what the Republicans are doing to basically move Donald Trump back into the White House, okay? I mean, I, I, I don't know how, how, how far, uh, how, you know, how far I can take this right now, I'm not sure. But let, let me just try this out, okay? Just, just for a second here. Now, normally, if you're running against a president, your party, you are looking for ways to basically undermine their accomplishments or claim that they've done outright bad things. And one of, two of the major areas for that, of course, is the economy, and defense, and those are typically the Republican uh, strengths, if you will. Now, okay, on the economy, the Republicans are trying to say that the economy is, well, why else? Well, terrible. How do we know that? Well, uh, uh, people are paying more in the supermarket. Yeah, that, that happens sometimes. Uh, I've seen prices change, but, but it's the supermarket that's, that's that, that, that's, well, that's it. Meanwhile, uh, the stock market is closed at its higher le highest levels in history. Inflation is, is just about completely down to where it is completely controllable, according to the Fed. And, and employment, which had been such a problem during COVID and everything else, is almost at historically flat levels. In other words, it is exactly where it should be, according to the Department of Labor and according to all of the all of the historical trends. The economy is doing damned well. Now, we may not see it in every aspect of our lives, but to try to make an argument for the Republicans to logically try to make an argument that the economy is doing poorly will require misdirection and focusing on the smallest possible areas. And okay, kitchen table, kitchen table situations, the stuff that's really affecting people the most, but 
in terms of the true performance of the American economy and its capacity to employ people and the, what people have to spend, that ain't there. You may have people saying, I feel kind of negative, but they basically are basing that, I would argue right now, mostly on the information sources they have. The, the objective components that we have to, that we, we should be reviewing that would be the basis for formulating a, a evaluation of the American economy, say that the economy is doing very well. What would this look like as a vector? Well, it would look like if, if, if the direction is moving, if, if the direction of a vector for the Republicans on this thing happens to be, if it goes to the right, we'll make it right and left. If going to the right is an indication that it's Republican, then the length of that vector where the Republicans would want you to believe that it might be, let's say, a 10. Let's say a 10 is a really strong vector. It's in reality actually like a one and a half or a two. Maybe I'll give it a two and a half. But it just ain't what it's being cranked up to be because it's not an accurate, complete, true picture. In fact, it's, it's a wrong picture. It, it's right insofar as some areas of the economy, but in terms of the, what, the, what it means to the economy that will ultimately and even now begin to affect everybody in this country, it's simply wrong. Okay, how, 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 about, uh, how about, oh, national defense, okay. Well, first of all, we have the highest military budget in the world. But the Republicans now, okay, their vector, the vector that's out there <coughs> is the one that basically says, um, uh, we, uh, oh, oh, it's the border. It's the southern border, and Biden is horrible, he's terrible, um, but, but we know and we know this, but, well, and so for the last three years, there have been, and for going way, way before that, let's have a, let's, let's Democrats and Republicans get together and reformulate and correctly formulate and stop pointing fingers at one another about what's happening at the border and whose fault it is and having Greg Abbott sending busloads of people and let's create a bill. Let's create a law. Let's rewrite a law that works for today. Now, over the course of the last uh, several weeks, Republican and Democrat, uh, Democratic uh, senators have come up with a I would call it a monster border bill, which, which has powers and capabilities that are beyond anything that I have heard placed in legislation in quite some time. And it involves what the president can do at a given moment. If there are X number of illegal crossings in a given day, he has the right to shut down the border, blah, blah, blah. Things that are now finally codifying stuff that has been argued, well, you can do it, you can't do it, Congress needs to get involved, blah, 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 blah. All of that and really solid, and getting the judges down there to basically uh, have the correct number of judges for the number of people coming, having the hearings, having control. If someone is in violation of their court order and, and their court appearance date, they can be kicked back on the other side of the board. All of the things that have been argued back and forth that a lot of Democrats have really fought against, but a lot have uh, been in favor of just the same, and Republicans getting, all of that is finally in a 
bill sitting there in the Senate and ready to move and will be voted on shortly and ready to move over to the House. And it finally puts in writing and clears up once and for all and removes the argument, the argument about who has control. Does the president have control? Well, if the president, no, he doesn't have to control. Well, it makes it a law. You can point to the individual. You can point to the enforcement mechanisms that it has. And it takes the argument. It takes the, the, the back and forth. It takes the, it takes the, uh, the, the bludgeon of immigration away because it basically says here is what is doable here's what you can and should do and now if you don't do it you can point to a law and say why are you enforcing it why are you not enforcing it it's within the law no more subterfuge no more bullshit it's right there and it basically deals with everything that both sides have been talking about probably for a few decades now without ever coming to a solution about it. Amazingly, it's there in a bill sitting in the Senate. And what is the House, the Republican control by two votes, House reaction to this? What is, uh, well, I'm sure McCarthy would have had the same reaction, but what is uh, Johnson's Speaker Johnson's reaction, it's dead on arrival. Now, now think about that. It's dead on arrival. Uh, how, well, how can you say that? It's, it's covering every, it's dead on arrival. Wait, 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 it's, 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 it's just, it's, 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 it does, it's, and, and you sputter and say a few things, and, when, and you wait a little longer, and, and, and Johnson is actually coming out, and he said this directly or he's made it known, and he's quoted, and he hasn't denied this. Donald Trump doesn't want this bill to pass or become law or be voted on or even be debated because he doesn't want a solution. He wants a problem that he can basically try to pin to Joe Biden and say, there's a problem there, it's Biden's fault. Ignore the fact that there is a Senate bill sitting there with the solution in it. Virtually everything the Republicans have ever wanted is now put legally in the hands of the executive branch and with other forces. That are, this thing's been, it's taken a lot of time and effort to do that. And Johnson simply summarily says, nope, it's dead on arrival. We're not even going to debate it. We're not even going to do it. It's just, we'll just, we're going to ignore it completely. Why? It's a solution. We, conclusion, obvious, we don't want a solution. We want a problem. We are not problem solvers. We are solution. We, we, we are not problem solvers. We are problem banderers. We are, we are problem, uh, we are problem uh, promoters we are we 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 expand problem we are we use we use the problem as a bludgeon we don't want to do anything look at what this congress has accomplished nothing now where does that fit within the psyche of the american people how does that affect affect your perception of what's going on on an overall basis what, what kind of a vector does that have how much strength can the republicans 
pull out of that. They'd like it to be a 20. They'd like it to be the all-encompassing thing. He's weak on defense. Now, meanwhile, me, and meanwhile, they are denying funding to Ukraine. You understand that? And the original reason for that was, well, we have to have a border, we have to have a border protection bill. Uh, we have to have that law as well at the same time. Oh, no, well, now we have it. Well, we really don't want it. We, we, just, we just want the fight. We want the issue. We want the problem. We don't want any solutions. How big a vector does that give you on national defense? Well, let's see if they if they scored a two on if they scored a two on uh, on the economy, I would give them a one. No, no, it's no, no, nothing. No, no, no. If if defense, if if promoting national defense gives the vector its strength, then this is a a point something, a zero. I, uh, maybe you, you could give them a little credit for the notion of what well, we, we might have gone, come up with a better bill if, if we, but no, they don't even want to debate it. No, they get no credit for it all. The Republicans get zero credit for national defense. They are blocking the funding on Ukraine and they refuse to even consider a beautifully, thoughtfully, bipartisan crafted bill that would basically solve the problem literally deal with the problem of southern border immigration. It would lay it all out. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. This is the problem. Then if you want to point fingers, do it. But you can't simply say, we're not even going to look at the solution. This is like, you know, this is like uh, uh, Trump back in the day. Uh, I, I hate Obamacare. It's lousy. It's lousy. It's no good. It's no good. What, 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 well, what's your replacement, sir? And he would point and he'd hold up again. Ah, a two-page. That's all it needed. It's bullshit. Pure bullshit. And meanwhile, you know, uh, the Affordable Care Act has been one of the most popular uh, medical insurance programs uh, ever in America. I'd say next to the original Blue Cross Blue Shield concept, which has largely been destroyed now because they've virtually all gone for profit. That's another story, but we'll get there another time. So Republicans score zero on national defense. They should and always have scored huge amounts. Now, on the per to an audience, to an audience of absolute sycophants to the MAGA base that basically will not get any other information, I'm not sure how this will be presented. It's so flawed, it's so terrible. No one will probably say why it's flawed or terrible. They'll find something or they'll invent something. But in the reality, in what you see from, from 50,000 feet up, national defense for Republicans, which should be a huge arrow, gets zero. Zero, nothing. They've got nothing. They've got a tiny arrow on the economy. They've got a zero arrow on national defense. These are these are the two biggies. Meanwhile, uh, the the, the uh, uh, well, okay. Let, let's just let's just take it there. Those two things. And now we uh, now we get to the big one. The actual major top of ticket candidates themselves, Trump and Biden. Donald Trump just got hit with an $83.3 million combination uh, damages and punitive damages, regular damages and punitive damages, uh, in the second E. Jean Carroll defamation lawsuit. Now, he had been found guilty in a civil trial of rape. Civil rape is different than criminal rape, but this was, a, this was always going to be a money situation. 
but still you'd have to prove the predicate the predicate harm done to E. Jean Carroll. And a jury of her peers unanimously believed her story about what had happened to her in, I, I, was it in, uh, uh, where was it? Uh, in one of the top stores in New York City, basically, a bunch of decades ago. Uh, and, and Donald Trump literally uh, going into a lady's dressing room and I don't know if there was act, if, if he was ever accused of actually uh, penetrating her with his organ, but certainly his fingers did a pretty good job. Let's be specific about what he was accused of. And the jury absolutely believed it. It was totally credible what he had done. Point set match, done. On top of which, he is now defaming her and saying it's a lie, it's a lie. Well, if you know and believe, if you adjudicate this man to have done that, then him lying about her in an effort to discredit her is, <coughs> is basically actionable. He basically, you can't do that. You can't basically, it, it is basically, uh, you know, you, you can't lie about people and try to destroy them. So the first trial produced something like $5 million in damages for the, basically for the, uh, for the libel. That was, that, that was being committed against her. And slander, I mean, it was all there. Defamation. What does Trump do the moment that that jury, after, the moment after the, uh, the, the, the uh, trial, the, the, the verdict is announced in that case? First thing he does. Goes out on the street in New York, has an impromptu press conference, and begins defaming her all over again. Her lawyers, within, I don't know, 48 hours, file another case. And this is the one that just produced $83.3 million in damages. It, in New York, the way we're set up, you basically, you can look at what the person not only is technically worth, or, or, or I don't know, whatever source you have, but what they say they're worth. And you can take a chunk of that when you're figuring punitive damages, because the idea of punitive is to punish them enough that they'll lose enough and be hurt enough so that they'll shut their damned mouths. And that's what the jury did in coming up with an 83.3 million combination actual and punitive. In other words, what will it take actual to get, me, to get my reputation back if I had to buy it and do all the things that you have to do online? You know, you've heard about all this stuff. But then what will it take to shut this stupid son of a bitch up? Well... 83.3 is what the jury came up with. And I'm waiting, we're all waiting day by day to watch Trump, who can't shut his mouth, what he will do to basically make that worse and maybe go for a third time around. Now, this is who evangelicals support. This is who solid Republicans uh, basically say is the person who best... Shows the values of the Republican Party, and this is what we're all about. This is the guy with 91 criminal counts that have yet to be adjudicated. This is the guy who led an insurrection against the United States. This is the guy who basically will be told by the Supreme Court of the United States that there is no such thing as perpetual presidential immunity, that these cases are all going forward. This is the guy who is. As early as, what's today's, what's this is, this is Tuesday, the 30th of January. As early as tomorrow, 
by Judge Edragon, who uh, Edragon, who who basically is the guy who's overseeing the financial case against Donald Trump. Tomorrow, he said he'd like to by tomorrow. I'm not sure whether he'll do this or not, but by tomorrow, he's supposed to come down with a ruling as to not whether or not Donald Trump lied. That's already been adjudicated, just like in the E. Jean Carroll case. It wasn't a question of whether or not John, Donald Trump committed rape, civil rape. No, that's already been adjudicated. It's just how much are we going to hit the son of a bitch for? And that was what the trial was about. That was what the E. Jean Carroll, the first and second trial were about. That's what this trial has been about. And the, and the final verdict, the because of information that has been trickling in from Trump attorneys or information that was never sufficiently provided, the amount being asked by Letitia James and the New York State team that's going against Trump, against this rather, uh, every time you see them perform, his lawyers do something dumber and dumber and dumber. The lawyer he had for, in, the, in the second E. Jean, uh, e. Jean Carroll trial, great uh, great uh, writer, uh, brilliant person in the area of federal law, lousy, with almost no background, has, has almost as little background as I would have, not a little more, hopefully, uh, in, 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 in federal prosecution. And certainly as a, as a, as a defense lawyer at that level, lousy. She, she was making like rookie mistakes in the way she was conducting the case. And of course, it's Donald Trump, and you can't control Trump. He's, he's, he's nuts. He's, he's an attorney nightmare. So the odds are that if what we will be hearing in the next day or so, uh, like I say, uh, uh, Letitia James has asked now, she's up to over, she's like at 360 million is the number she's going for for actual and punitive damages to Trump with, with tax, with, with back interest and everything else. For all the lying that's already been proven in the way he filed taxes and in the monies that were lost by the state of New York. All of that, 360, I think, is where it sits right now. Where do you think, after seeing what just happened with the E. Jean Carroll case and how juries reacted there, and this is a, this is a bench trial, this is just the judge trying it, where do you think the E. Jean Carroll verdict fits in to what will happen tomorrow, possibly, with the judge, Dragon coming out with his final number against Donald Trump? Do you think it'll help or hurt him? Yeah, yeah that, that was my thought as well. And, and where do you think watching juries unanimously saying, and even on the civil side so far, unanimously saying that Donald Trump is guilty of sin and that he absolutely has no control over himself, he can't be believed, no matter what his, juries, his, his, his lawyers are saying, no matter what kind of press conferences he tries to hold outside, no matter how much he paints himself as the victim, Juries of his peers see right through that and say that he's absolutely guilty. How do you think that's going to play? How do you think that knowledge will be taken in by juries that will be impaneled in the criminal cases? The knowledge that this guy is basically subject to the law like everybody else can be convicted, can be sentenced can be hurt and he's absolutely he's absolutely he's absolutely as vulnerable as the rest of us and he is as culpable as anyone else who would have done what he did how does that play 
How big is the Donald vector? Now, again, you know, versus Biden, Biden, you know, the, the Biden criminal family. What? Yeah, well, you know, he, he, is, isn't there an impeachment uh, 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 hearing going on with Biden? Tell me about it. Where is it? What? Oh, well, 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 and, well, and, and on the economy side of things, uh, 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 um, no, no, on the, uh, yeah, no, on, on the defense side, isn't the, isn't the Secretary of, uh, of the Interior, um, Mayorkas, uh, they, they, just, they, they just voted uh, to, to begin an impeachment hearing on, on, on uh, Alejandro Mayorkas because of, he, he didn't do, no. Jonathan Turley, uh, who is a, a professor of, uh, of law and a regular hyper-conservative co commentator, has said on Fox News, I happened to catch this clip, there is zero, nothing, absolutely nothing to either the Biden impeachment attempt or the Mayorkas impeachment attempt. Neither one has any meaning except in a pure dirty, ugly, filthy, political, down and dirty um, attempt to besmirch someone. There is no substantive basis for attempting either of those impeachment. This has been said again and again. You simply want to keep them both up there so that the base, the faithful, the MAGA red meatists, the people who get nothing but the information coming from Fox, they can just breathe it in and say, you see, you see, you see, you see. But they'll see nothing because there's nothing to be seen and will be nothing to be seen. Will, they, will, they, will the Republicans try to take it far enough to actually go through an impeachment, force the Senate into an impeachment trial? Will the, will the Republicans in, in Democratic-controlled districts basically go so far as to either try to impeach Mayorkas or, or, or Joe Biden, knowing that they're basically giving their seats away? Or how long can they carry this lie on? It's a lie. It's a flat-out lie. What to the, Donald gets for Donald's purposes, and I, I really should have separated this out. You have now, you have the House, you have Donald, and he, he basically, I guess... Uh, well, we have to give him some credit, basically, for, for being able to lie and to basically bamboozle people. Let's give him a five. Let's make his arrow a five. Simply because, you know, uh, there will always be elections in America, and more often than not, we're told by the experts that the election is about uh, who you vote against, not who you're voting for. We'll give Donald a five, even with all the lies, the, the absolutely deflatable lies, instantaneously deflatable lies. Give him a five. Now take the Congress that basically also has the responsibility. What do we give the Republican Congress in terms of their force? What's their force? What's their arrow in terms of promoting Donald? Uh, they've done nothing. They, have, they are words. They've already fired one speaker. They may be on the verge of firing Johnson at some point. They can get nothing done. They are useless. They are already perceived as useless. They are not doing anything to help promote the notion that Donald Trump has a right to be and should be president of the United States again. I give them a, a one. Add it all up. And let's say they're all sitting on the same line. It's all going in the same direction. We're going to make this real easy. 
All of those, all of those Republican vectors are going the same direction. We give Donald a five. We give, we give the economy a, a two, seven. We give, uh, we give national defense a 0.5, I give the house and what it's doing uh, a one, 8.5. That's the force. That's the real world force going. Not the bullshit, not, not, not filtered through uh, any social media, not filtered through fire. Oh yes, but well, that's what'll matter. No, let's just talk about reality. I give them an 8.5. I'll do this very quickly on the other side. What does the other side have? A great economy, an effort to solve the border problem with a law that is written and refuses to be reviewed by the other side. A president that is absolutely, has absolutely overcome any and all possible suggestions of any illegality on his part who is being unfairly targeted by and a president who is still talking about doing things in a bipartisan way, who can point to the Economic Recovery Act as proof of what bipartisanship can do. Now, I'm, not being, I'm not being glib when I say this, and I'm not, even, I'm not, I'm not pointing to anything but Joe Biden. And I'm not going to point to the, uh, to the, to the Senate, J just Joe Biden. You know, that old guy, that doddering old guy. Nah, he's way too old. Yeah, well, he's 80. And, and, and Trump's 77, and Trump is losing his bloody mind, as one would expect someone to be losing it in the situation he's in. You can hear it in what he says. You can hear what he's, and what he gets wrong. You can hear it all over the place. <coughs> the man is under absurd pressure of his own making. I, I, there's no, no one did this to Donald. Donald did this to Donald. And he will do it to the country if given the opportunity. And this is as we begin the real presidential campaign. The Biden camp hasn't really begun its own campaign yet. They're just getting there. I give Joe Biden a fifth, uh, no, uh, at, least a tw at least double. I was going to give him 15. I'll give him, I'll give him a 20. I'll give him just Joe Biden alone, and I haven't touched anything else. Just Joe Biden alone. The Democrats are in an incredibly good position going into the real election cycle. No, 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 no. Everything's terrible. Everything's horrible. No, 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 no. I, I, no, this is wrong. It, it can't be. It can't be. It can't be that easy. Richard, it can't be that easy. All you have to do is go to 50,000 feet, look down, and look at what's on the ground and try to subtract out some of the noise around it. And the reality says that we're in better than, we are in far better position. The Democrats are in far better position than the Republicans. And this is involving the Senate, the House, and the presidency. That can't be right, can it? No one else is going to react. And... And, and, and this is before a single criminal uh, conviction or sentencing of Trump. This is where we're at. Now, you're going to tell me that you want to feel depressed, and I'm saying this now to my friend. You can feel bad about America. You can feel bad about where it's going. I say this. If we can get through the Trump 
era with no more damage than we have done to ourselves so far. If we can really negate this guy once and for all, if we can get him out of politics, and that might be via a criminal, <coughs> it may be via incarceration, it may be via an ankle bracelet, it may be uh, being thrown off ballots, it could, or just being outright defeated. It could be any number of ways. <clears throat> but if we can get past this ugliness, this phase, and there's every reason why we can. I believe we can once again begin moving towards some rational uh, basis for, uh, for, for first of all, disengaging the, the hate mongering that has, been, that has been fostered upon everybody by Donald and his cohorts, because that's what works for them, hate and fear that we can begin consciously, collectively, as Democrats, and Republicans too, you're gonna to have to do the same thing, consciously and collectively suppressing our fears, facing first and then suppressing our fears, recognizing that much of what we have been fearing is manufactured recognizing that facts aren't yours and mine, they are ours. And we must recognize what those facts are. Stuff that we would have normally done were we not given this sense of impending doom if we do not go totally tribal and attack one another on a daily inconsistent and never-ending basis. Okay? We, we, that's the first step just recognizing what it is we've been fearing. It won't be an instantaneous change, but with Donald out of the picture, it will be an opportunity to at least begin the process of recognizing what the misconceptions and fears are <coughs> that we've been fed and finding what the reality is, much of that reality will be dictated by the fact that most Americans, the vast majority of Americans, I don't care where you are, MAGA or any place else, when a guy is convicted time and time again, basically by a jury of his peers, it begins to weaken your resolve in terms of saying, no, he's godlike, this is the man that God ordained, my God, my guns, and my president. No, that ain't the guy. You don't put him up there with God. You sure as hell can put him up there with guns. He's useless, doesn't know how to protect the country, couldn't care less. Somebody's make, he's make, someone's making money by having those guns out there, and it's just basically keeping people afraid. That's all that matters from his perspective because they've got nothing else but fear. Nothing but fear. This is just where we are right at this moment, and I say this to my friend again. We have a chance here. Do not, do not be completely disheartened. Do not allow yourself to be just completely overwhelmed by the fear of what's going on. We have a chance. We can get through this. There are so many things in favor that, that favor the notion that we can and will get past Donald Trump. Just accept that as a statement of fact. The vectors aren't lying. 
I don't know. You, you, you can argue about my analysis being too liberal in one way or the other, or being too, too, too. No, but the vectors aren't lying. We are beginning a presidential campaign, a real world presidential campaign, with a candidate on the other side who is so damaged and so weakened, with positions that are so flimsy and vacuous and, and, and vapid. I mean, there's nothing there except the lies and the fear. And, and Joe Biden is nothing if he ain't positive and hopeful. There is such a absolute d differentiation between him and Donald Trump. It, you, you couldn't have a greater differentiation. Oh, and did I mention that he's already beaten him by eight million votes a few years back? Do you recall that? I hadn't even added that in. He's already beaten the guy by nearly eight million votes. You want to you make that vector a little bigger? Guys, listen to me, all of you, anyone listening, anyone feeling totally disheartened and my God, day by day and whatever the news is and my emotions are up, my emotions are down. This is the reality. We have more than an opportunity. We have, well, we have an obligation, but we have an incredibly good chance to get past this guy once and for all. Everything is militating against him and the Republicans. They basically swallowed the wrong pill. They have embraced someone out of their own fear. They began to believe their own shit. And this is the result. They're stuck with Donald right now. And any one of them, you could probably get out off to the side and get, and get him uh, to, to speak privately away from anyone else who was not supposed to hear it would say, how the heck, my God, if we could only get rid of this guy, if, we, if there's only some way, well, then who would you put in their pl his place? Um, oh, well, he's, he's so infected everybody. Jeez, I, I, um, 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 yeah, that's the other problem. Stay calm. Relax. Don't panic. Douglas Adams, I, re I repeat <laughs> from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> on the front cover. Again, it's right there. Don't panic. Read it. Go back and, well, go back and reread it if you did it already. Read it again. The absurdities that he comes out with and the wonderful lessons that this guy who, who, who died way too early, way too early, Douglas Adams, brilliant British writer, uh, British satirist, I guess, in, in, the great, in the great history of British satirists, um, talking about basically when absurd situations and the embrace of them begin to overwhelm our sense of reality. You gotta step by and one of the very, very best ways of dealing with that is laughing at it all. Uh, I, I, I leave you with, with, with hopefully a little chuckle. I can't, I don't have it uh, queued up for replay, but uh, last night uh, on one of the night talk shows, I forget which host was it? Um, I'm not sure even which host it was. I happened to, someone just pointed this out to me. One of the, one of the evening hosts uh, came out with a, uh, you know, uh, uh, this is a few days ago. Yeah, you know, uh, Trump just got hit with a uh, uh, $83.3 million uh, lawsuit, uh, and, and, and there are questions uh, being raised as to where he might be getting the money to do this. They're not certain that he, and, and the other verdict is coming up very shortly from New York State. Um, another interesting fact, though, uh, I don't know if you noticed that, uh, uh, that on eBay today, 
there were a whole bunch of uh, secret documents that went up for sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't panic. Don't panic. Chuckle. Stay focused. Realize that we create our own atmospheres of hope and love and fear. We create them. We, but to maintain love, we must consciously face and diminish, deflate our fears. You begin by facing them. You face fear by recognizing what is true and what is false. And I tried to give you a little bit today, a little bit, what I, of what I know in my heart to be true. What I know on paper to be true. And what more and more Americans will be knowing. And the Democrats and the Biden administration and the Biden campaign group, they have, in the name, in the, in the words of uh, <laughs> one famous American uh, uh, admiral, they have not yet begun to fight. So stay tuned. Stay calm. Stay hopeful. And, you know, and while you're at it, <laughs> Enjoy a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. 
Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know. We all know. We can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Keep your wits about you. Don't panic. The vectors don't lie. The numbers are against the Republicans. They are going in that direction, and they'll only get worse as Donald goes through more convictions and sentencings. If we can keep our wits and recognize where we are and work to our strengths, we can get through this and preserve democracy and maybe even make it better.